It's a new dawn. It's a new day. What? It's a new time for the wrestling podcast. Boom, pa, ba, boom, pa, ba, boom, pa, ba, boom, pa, boom, boom, boom. No, not for you. Not for you. <laughs> I love it. I was just really confused. And here we go. It is the first day of the rest of our lives. The wrestling podcast is back in its own feed. If you're joining us, we thank you so, so much. We really appreciate you hopping over here to enjoy and continue this wrestling odyssey that we are undertaking, exploring all the wrestling outside of the big two American promotions being WWE and AEW. We're covering everything from Japanese wrestling, Mexican wrestling, wrestling here in Europe, where we are situated, of course, in Australia and others. This is the wrestling podcast, wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we are not anti-E, no, no, no. We are simply pro wrestling say it with me people make it more fun my name's liam this guy's gareth hey and you're on the wrestling podcast on our own feed wow how crazy how exciting we're out in the wild gareth yeah we're forging a new path all on our own i know right and we've got so much coming up i mean not just today but in the episodes ahead let me just give you a little run through now because it's very very exciting just in the episodes that we've got ahead we've got uh, an interview next week with one of our favorite wrestlers from the US indie scene in Mr. Darius Carter. Just phenomenal wrestler. Really, really excited to talk to Darius. In fact, yeah. I think actually a couple of short episodes ago, you even said that you were keen to speak to Darius when we Absolutely. were talking about that Cam Lee Frog show. So there we go. No sooner said than done. And then just willing it into existence. Yeah, mate. This is the way to go. And then we'll we are on the road to Cyberfight Festival. We'll have some exciting content around that huge, huge show, which we're very, very excited about as well. So much to come, but let's get into it now. We've got some big shows to talk about. Game Changer Wrestling's Draft Day, Impact Wrestling's Under Siege. Let's start with ECW, shall we, Gaz? Um, Absolutely. Right, mate. Tell me what, what did you think about this show? Usual good GCW shit. A mixed bag of matches, but certainly nothing you couldn't possibly be bored for even a second watching the show no it's so good isn't it i mean gcw are doing such a great job of becoming the variety promotion you know not least in their big festivals that they seem to be putting on where they kind of break out into individual promotions almost with the likes of big gay brunch and for the culture but on their standalone gcw shows it's very much that bit in a microcosm isn't it you've got yeah. so many different flavors of wrestling different backgrounds of wrestling represented it's a very exciting promotion i think they're doing a wonderful job of really lifting everybody up and you know creating a lot of buzz around the u.s indie scene which has had a hard time definitely i think they are good at creating stars or yes if not creating stars they're very good at eyeing talent and bringing people that are going to be future stars on board like you know mid-2000s roh was so good at definitely and for me that's always been the thing that i've enjoyed most about wrestling even when i was younger and watching wwe i'd always lean towards like the velocity or sunday night heat or metal because i'd like to kind of pick people early and yes. by the time they started to get up into the the main event uh, my interest had sort of waned and i've moved on to somebody else like i like that part of the journey you know the early stages and seeing somebody come through it was always so disappointing though picking out those velocity people that were like yes destined for success and then nothing ever came of it oh, poor, poor paul london <laughs> how do they miss on jimmy wang yang it's crazy um yeah no i don't disagree 
but yeah that that is why and you know i think that's this podcast in a nutshell really we're catching people early and that's what's fun really in my opinion but certainly with game changer they're amazing at that and there's a real pathway now you know with the link between them and AEW, you see a lot of people that are wrestling on GCW shows popping up on Dark and Dark Elevation. So there is a real uh, progression for these guys to to move on as and when they, they want to. But I'm excited to see how things roll out for GCW this year, particularly as more and more people are hopefully able to safely attend shows. Yes. I think the, the buzz is going to get big. Didn't it felt so weird watching this show with a in you know ostensibly indoors with a, a packed crowd? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I saw they had doors to the outside wide open. So, you know, it looked to be pretty well ventilated, but I'm still just kind of like digging my fingernails into my thighs, watching it when it first came on. Like, oh God, is this okay? It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while and that's okay. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It was far more relaxed last week watching the PWA Black Label show where, you know, the situation in Australia yes. is slightly different. And that felt like bit of a time capture really we're, mm. we're going back to when we were hitting all those progress shows couple every couple every month or whatever that yes. was mad so you know but soon enough we'll be back on the road i'm excited about that i think uh we got a schedule a wrestling podcast episode where we do something live you know oh, maybe absolutely we, uh, i see pro wrestling eve is coming back soon so that could be the one We'll have to take a recorder with us and record yeah. our, our live thoughts just Absolutely. for a, a little fun. Yeah. Well, if there's any shows that any of you guys think that we should be checking out, probably going to be here in the UK um, travel-wise, but if there's any coming up that you think we should check out, then, you know, give us a shout on the usual channels. Yeah, and in addition to that, if people are going to be at show, once shows return in the UK, if you listen to the show and you're going to be at a show, let us know. And if we're there, well, let's have a little wrestling pod meetup. Yeah. 100 percent. that's a great idea so excited to make that kind of thing happen yes and i'm a cheap round too because i'm t title so it's... <laughs> i'll be having like a triple ipa that is like six pound for a half so i'm the polar opposite it's a shame in a way you know one of the one of the, the downsides to not being on the itr network is that we don't have your glorious ad read anymore we'll, we'll soon get some but i think everybody's going to miss you saying and they have the best sours that was that was always my favorite <laughs> little line i love that bit <laughs> terrible i don't even know what it means right let's get back to gcw it's all happening here um great card top to bottom and hey they've got a proper superstar these days haven't they in nicky gage uh that dark side of the ring episode has shot nick gage you know out into the atmosphere yeah if you didn't know now you know <laughs> now you know yeah absolutely great notorious big reference there which is of course what i was going for you know i know i know <laughs> And a big match here against AJ Gray, who admittedly is somebody when I first saw him, I didn't quite get, but I think I'm there now. Okay. Um, so sort of seeing the magic of AJ Gray. Yeah, I do think with GCW, it has been a little bit of a gradual learning curve and kind of seeing everybody on the roster through the right lens mm. and be like, okay, it's clicked. I get you now. Yes. And I'm into it. That's it. That's absolutely it. And, you know, my approach to these things, I don't ever say, or don't ever want to say, I don't get this person. It's I don't get them yet. You know, there's yes. there's room to to learn and room to sort of appreciate in due course. But, hey, banger of a match here. Very worthy main event uh, between Gage and AJ Gray, two of the hardest hitting, <laughs> baddest SOBs going, I would say. And for a match, you know, full of light tubes and plunder, this is about as well worked uh, that style of match you're going to see, I think. Well, I think this is the benefit of, you know, when we've watched the some of the specials where they've had all death matches and that sort of thing, 
you you do become slightly numb to it um with this sort of thing it's in the main event feels special feels like a big deal and it, yes. it works better for me at least in that setting definitely it's a less is more for me definitely it, yeah. when it comes to using deathmatch style tactics in your in your matches yeah 100 percent. and i just really like nick gage there's something yeah. incredibly likable about him i really feel like he's somebody i would love to have a beer with but it, the second you say the wrong thing it's just game over for you <laughs> who did you say that about the other week was that fujita yeah or... <laughs> probably yeah well i just mean you i i i think with fujita, fujita and segura they're two people i'd love to have a beer with but you just know you they're the people you'd least want to be on the wrong side of but i don't think i would feel like one missed crossed word would end in de- certain death for me oh, I whereas know. i feel like one one cross word with nick gage would absolutely end in certain death mdk all day yeah absolutely it's a great stuff here really you know a proper main event definitely felt and like a just big the movie. reaction that gage gets when he sort of comes oh. out although immediately i was just like what's what's jim smallman doing in the main event of gc <laughs> with for whom the bell tells yeah i know what you're saying <laughs> They don't look too far apart, actually. <laughs> it's Nick Gage is Jim Smallman. If, if Jim Smallman and Smallman had, had an even rougher life, could they be the same person? Is that possibly? Possible? Yeah, I quite like the idea of Jim Smallman sort of moonlighting in GCW. <laughs> Good stuff. And then, wow, let's let's get on to this post match because who saw this coming? I know they'd already cross paths when john moxley turned up and this thing went absolutely crazy and what a life that man's living right now he gets to do everything he wants easy night for moxley as well because oh, i yeah. believe uh las vegas where this event was taking place is, is where he resides ah so he's just on his way back from yeah. the shops <laughs> yeah he just he just swung by the 7-eleven and was just like what's going on in here oh honestly that's nick gage i'm gonna start on him um <laughs> i like to believe that's legitimately what happened he's just like Renee had some pregnancy cravings and he'd been sent out to buy some ice cream or whatever. And he was just like, holy shit, let me just run in here a second. Beat this guy up. He's he's the best though, isn't he? I mean, what a what a post WWE career he's having. Just it's a wild ride, man. You know, one week he's he's wrestling Omega in a exploding barbed wire death match. Then he's, you know, he's got Nagata or he's in the LA dojo with Kenta. Now he's having a pull apart with Nick Gage. He just does what he wants. It's amazing. Great stuff. If, if you're in the wrestling business and you're not eyeing up the life he's leading and going, that's what I want, I think there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah, that is proper artistic freedom. Yeah. And you can see the, the life pouring out of him in a way, can't you? He's just loving things. And, it's, you know, yeah, it's, great. it's very much a case of having his cake and eating it too. You know, he's got, the, he's got the best of all worlds. Yeah, absolutely. No, more power to him. That's going to be crazy. I don't know when that's going down, that eventual match, but my word. Rest assured we'll be covering it. Oh. Wherever, wherever, whenever. Yeah. We'll yeah, be we'll talking do, about it. We'll do a special for that one. We'll get on it. Yeah, no problem at all. Can we Can we wheel John Moxley onto the podcast? Is that possible? Maybe. Let's just have a <laughs> chat with our mate, Gary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll hook us up, I'm sure. Shout out, Gary Cassidy. He'll, he'll hook us up, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Okay, um, elsewhere on the card, good lord, there's so much good stuff on this card. Yeah, um, there's a lot to talk about. So I just want to say, Janela's match here, Joey Janela uh, had a match against Ali Cat, or going by Ali Catch here. Mm. I think this might have been the most enjoyable Janela singles match I've I've watched. Sure, yeah. Well, certainly yeah. 
minus a lot of the the weapon side of things you know without without it being kind of gimmicky for the most part you know this there was a, a little bit of chair action a little bit of table action but for the most part this was just a really great straight wrestling match yeah absolutely and I think he's one of these guys that's incredibly versatile and perhaps maybe a bit too giving in terms of he's willing to let people go over him or what have you. And I'm just speculating here, but it sometimes feels that way. You know, Janela's a reasonably big name. He often feels like the A-side going into these matches and, you know, comes out underneath for whatever reason. But I think he's great. I really like his stuff. And this was another good example of the versatility that he brings. Yes, definitely. You know, and it's not to say that I feel like he's misused in AEW. No. Far from it, but he's just being used in a different way. You know, he's not the star attraction there. Whereas on a GCW card, he he is like he's somebody people are buying their tickets to see here. And I don't know if that translates to you know AEW. Um but yeah, I thought and Ali more than held her up her end of the bargain here. I think she you know has got such a, a bright future hopefully ahead of her. Yeah, she's quickly becoming one of my favorites on the US Indies. I really enjoyed her match. Uh, I forget who it was against. The, oh, was it Billy Starks that we covered um, a real hot girl shit from the most recent? That sounds right. Yeah, and she had that crazy finisher, which was like a bridging Boston crab, which just looked absolutely mad. And I think she's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, this was a clash of two people that I'm very high on already, but I feel like Ali Cat is kind of hitting her stride now. And yeah, she's big, really- Big things coming. You know, absolutely big things coming. I I really hope she can just can can continue to work absolutely everywhere and just smash it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Hell of a finish as well. Oh my yeah. word! Yeah. So Janella hit a power driver off the apron through a door. Jesus Christ, man! That's the forbidden door right there. You shouldn't be going through <laughs> that one. It's the wrong the wrong With door. Your head. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, so and then ends up winning after a, a double stump through a piece of table <laughs> placed on poor old Ali in in the ring. But yeah, a, re- a really good match. Yeah, this yeah. is probably the match on the card to kind of seek out that is just a bell to bell, really strong match. If you know, especially if uh, light tubes in matches isn't your cup of tea, this is the match of the show. Yeah, definitely. But you know, just the fact that you're able to say that, I really think speaks to the magic of GCW that you can have that light tube infested match in the main, but you can find something totally different elsewhere. Mm. You know, there's something for everybody on these shows, which yeah. is great. Um, anything else in particular you wanted to pick out? Effie Dark Sheik, you know, just basically the top three matches here, I, mm-hmm. I feel like offered a really great how it goes though, isn't it? overview of what GCW has to offer. Sure. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this was this was a lot of lot of fun. Um, Effie is always really good value, you know, and again proves it here. And it's just great seeing Dark Sheik have such a great showing on a GCW card, and hopefully she'll be back. Yep, uh, I'm sure because really... she's, she's been part of, I believe, every big gay brunch thus far. But I don't know if she has popped up on GCW cards proper. And I think uh... you know if that's the case, well, what a great way to debut on GCW proper. Yeah, I would say much more to come. And Effie continues to show that quality. You know, that's the that's the word with Effie, I think. You just see quality and experience. And I think most people on this roster would have one of their best matches against Effie. Mm. You know, that's 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 the kind of stage that he's working at now. This reminds me, did you see that Effie has been entered in Tournament of Survival? 
Oh, really? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, so no. he's going to be in, in the, the old deathmatch tournament. Ah, well, okay. Well, I think most people on the roster would have had their best matches of him, but uh, maybe maybe not so much going forward. So best of luck, Effie. That'll be one to watch, I think. Come come back safe, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Fun match. Loads of good names on this show as well. Leo Rush, Jordan Oliver. Uh, How about Ricky Marvin? Ricky Marvin was on the show. I, a, a name I hadn't thought of since like peak Noah days. Oh man, Ricky Marvin was the stuff. He's always been the stuff. He's so good. And could can still really go here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Reminds me a bit of when we saw Men's Tale on that show. Yeah, a couple of episodes back. All these quality people that you sort of drift away from a little bit, and yeah, yeah excellent just- stuff got away from you for one reason or another and yeah. it's just such a treat to see them again and then also that they can still bring it ricky marvin's probably one of the most underrated wrestlers ever 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 because he's been quality pretty much from day one i've always been impressed when i've seen him wrestle and yet never one of those big names or you know even featured yeah you know, anywhere really he's no, always just beyond. sort of you know fl- fluttered with various different promotions but not sort of been a mainstay mm. top draw really great stuff so there we go yep gcw draft day really good stuff they yep, continue to pump out good stuff which is great really love that us indies are coming back man that's great love seeing the likes of beyond start doing shows and more so i think we'll be able to spend more time in the u.s going forward which will be exciting definitely another show that i would love to have covered this week if we just had infinite amount of time is the Beyond promoted all women's show. Yes, look good. That ran over the weekend. That yeah, looks fantastic. So yeah, good lineup. But you know, we we say this all the time. But folks, if there's anything that we're not covering that you think we should, please let us know because you know we love taking those those bits of advice or the bits of direction from you guys. Just as a rule of thumb, we tend to try and only cover things that everybody is able to watch legally so that's why we probably haven't done as much in mexico as we might like because the cmll shows or AAA shows are hard to watch globally but you know the more things open up the more we'll try and cover that but yeah anything that is widely and legally distributable (laughs) (laughs) no shenanigans uh you know we're keen to cover it so let your voices be heard we love wrestling and we want to we want to pay for it yeah we want people to be getting their what they deserve out of their performances yeah 100% okay good stuff uh that's a wrap on GCW draft day so we're going to be coming back after the break talking about impact under siege we move and we're back and in the second half of the show we are talking about impact's most recent under siege impact plus special Liam what did you make of this one well I've got to tell you Gareth I'm all for any wrestling show that promotes itself under the guise of Steven Seagal film that works perfectly <laughs> for me so what other events what other events are we going to be seeing uh, impact the foreigner mm-hmm. going to be controversial uh impact exit wounds that's a good one yeah, that yeah. like that a lot uh under siege 2 i mean it's pretty straightforward <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> yeah that was good stuff i think it's one of those shows that had some kind of, I think, followed the trend of a lot of impact shows that we watched where the top half of the card I thought was pretty decent and the stuff earlier on was sort of fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I saw anything on here that I didn't like. There are a few things I would have tweaked. Um, a good example being the you know, W. Morrissey, Willie Mack match, mm-hmm. which 
bits of that were absolutely fine. I just felt like it went too long. Yeah. Um, and that's probably to look after Willie. What did I just say? But, you know, 12 minutes, I felt like this really needed Morrissey to just come in and bang him out fairly. Just one fat sucker. Fairly quickly, because he looks the part, doesn't he? You yeah. know, he's uh, he's he's obviously gone gone away and got himself into fantastic shape. Old big Cass and it looks great. So that that Sarah would have done, but mm. you know, but by and large, I I felt like the card really kicked off, sort of around. Certainly, the X division title match was excellent, and that you know looked like it was going to be good on paper, and it was. Yeah, and you know, from there onwards, I was I was reasonably satisfied to be honest with you. Yeah, so. I don't know if I've, I'm just more charitable towards Impact now. Now we're a bit more integrated with watching it regularly mm-hmm. or what. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this and I, I think it was good. For, you know, it was what it needs to be for a non-pay-per-view special event. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. H- half a card of, you know, good matches mm-hmm. and then stuff that is kind of building other stuff for the future as well so yeah i think done well nothing here i would you know in the past i've i've been less than charitable towards impact and said oh this shouldn't even be on an event in 2021 but you know i was i was pretty happy with everything here yeah definitely i think they they found a good rhythm particularly for these or a good formula rather for these non-pay-per-view shows because they don't need to shoot the lights out every time there was no. enough on here that was really good you know it was really it's they, they're producing enjoyable content yes that's the thing you know it's, it's enjoyable stuff and yeah. maybe you know keeping some powder dry for the bigger ones so i can't knock them for that at no. all you know but i thought yeah like you said i thought from the uh probably from the x division title match onwards it was a, a good 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 show yeah definitely and noteworthy as well we had a title change in there um with Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, well, quite shockingly, really, winning mm. the belts back from Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering on, uh, was it possibly their first title defense? I'm not sure, but yeah. So they hadn't held it for very long at, at all, had no, they? No, I was really surprised at that. Mm, so I hope that it, this wasn't just like a hot shot thing and something comes of, of this, you know, for Grace and for, for Ellering moving forward. Definitely. You know, Grace Grace deserves only the best in, in impact. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more out of Ellering. And I think Fire and Flavor are obviously very deserving knockouts tag champs. I think they're excellent. I really do. And a great act together. Kira Hogan in particular has got proper stage presence these days. You know, really comes out mm. and like, wow, yeah, that's a star. You know, she's good stuff. Definitely. So yeah, I'm excited to see them with the belts and they're two people that I would really like to see benefit from the whole Forbidden Door thing. Mm. You know, I'd like them to get more exposure because I think they're they're a great act together. And yeah, you don't hear people really talking about them a lot. No, and they should be. I think they're really good. And there's not a great deal of outright tag teams or women's tag teams in North America, period. So now that you've got one, and a, you know, a really good one at that. Yeah, you shine a light on them. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to see them get a bit of that AEW love at some point. We spoke before about you know, maybe somebody going over to AEW to challenge them for the belts yeah. or similar. Let's do it. You know, let's get these guys on a decent platform or a bigger platform. Yeah. Not that Impact isn't decent. Excuse me. Bring bring Sea Stars back. Bring Sea Stars back. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm totally up for that. Sea Stars are great. But yeah, some good stuff here. Josh Alexander, man, they got a real. 
They're onto something there, aren't they? They are. Yeah, he reminds me of Joe. You know, because it's funny, isn't it? Because Impact have this in w in wwf or wwe of old you had this traditional route to the top and it was you'd win the intercontinental belt and you know you do some stuff there and then you'd move up to the bigger one yeah. generally by virtue of a royal rumble or a king of the ring impact is different you know historically you've had guys that have won the x division title the you know the high flying title and that's been the kind of route to the next level you've had option c which i think is generally around Destination X, was it? Destination X was the show, I think. Yeah. Um, where you could trade in your belt for a shot at the world title. I think that was started by Austin Aries back in the day. And, you know, that's born quite a few world champions out of it. And I wonder if that's where this will go with Josh Alexander. Because mm. to me, he feels like the hottest property in the whole company and very much a, a future champion elect. And if I were them, I'd be putting an awful lot of my chips behind josh alexander because yeah. i think he's the total package glad they've been able to hold on to him and you know strap that rocket to him yeah 100 i'm totally with you and just a lot of fun seeing el Fantasmo just be his usual douchebag self in yeah. uh, in impact I wonder, I wonder how many drinks he stole backstage <laughs> <laughs> no red bull was safe no red bull was safe indeed yeah absolutely we had another diano prazo knockouts title match to defense so she successfully defended that for God, I don't know how many times now. So she's she's must be getting up there. She's going to run out of people to defend against, isn't she? It certainly seems that way, doesn't it? Although I see that she's hopefully going the belt collector route. Uh, she's heading down to AAA for yeah. Triple Mania, taking on Fabio Pache. So that's going to be very exciting indeed. Yes, I'll be really interested to sort of see how uh, how that goes. Yeah, I actually had a, an opportunity to write about Diana for... Uh, the Inside the Ropes magazine. Oh, so nice. We're looking at uh, people that were released from WWE last mm. year on Black Wednesday and sort of seeing where they'd got to. And I think she was comfortably in the top two or three, possibly the top, in terms of people that have gone on to do bigger and better things. And, you know, from where she was, she just feels a million miles away now. And she's a, a proper superstar. It's wild, say. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. She's such a... What a difference a year can make. She feels like such a big deal. And this title reign's been fantastic, and I'd love it to continue. Yeah. Do you see anybody that could dethrone her? Hmm. There's not anyone obvious, I don't think, on the roster as, as it stands. No, I still think it's probably going to be Sue Young. Yeah. Is would would where I would place my bet fairly comfortably, unless yeah. somebody else really catches fire. Uh, you know, Taylor Wilde might really catch, might really, really catch fire. Yeah, you know, it was good to see her back. Actually, I thought she, she looked really good. Definitely, yeah, um, she was always excellent back in the day. Yes. That's for sure. But yeah, I, I would, I would put my money probably on it being Sue, Sue Young coming back proper, yeah, yeah. and uh, dethroning her. But yeah, so she's had what five successful title defenses now. So she's gone Gosh. over Rosemary, Tyre, uh, ODB, Jazz, uh, Tennille, and now Havoc. Gosh, okay. So it's a good run, isn't it? Very yes. good run indeed. Yeah, you know, that's pretty much a who's who of uh, Impact Wrestling, isn't it? More or less. It would be interesting to see as well with this most recent raft of releases, who winds up in Impact. Because mm. there's mm. good cases for a lot of different people. You know, you've got Mickey James in there, you had the Iconics in there. I'm sure there's others as well. 
Oh, one that's really interesting, I think, uh, who recently got released from NXT was Vanessa Bourne. Mm-hmm. I felt like she had quite a lot to offer. Um, I thought she was decent in the ring, really charismatic. So I'm intrigued to see where she lands. She could be a good candidate yeah. for impact. But they've always done so well, or at least in recent years, with their knockouts division. So I think if you're, you know, if you're on the outs from the E and you're looking for a new home, they should be quite high on your list in terms of North American promotions. Definitely. That you know, that does seem to be the place if you're a you know, a women's wrestler and you're looking for a for a home in, in North America, impact is probably the place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But yeah, still thoroughly behind Diana's title reign. Definitely. Very into it. How about this? Another forbidden door opens, like a portal in a Doctor Strange movie, and in walks Julia. Ooh. Julia versus Diana. Could get could get behind that. That'd be a badass match. You know, another person that you didn't mention in your recently released is Chelsea Green or the former Laurel Van Ness. Absolutely. Absolutely. So t- time like will tell. Another seemingly another open goal that's been passed up on there. Just so talented, so mm. good. Crazy that it didn't work out. But hey, back in the wrestling universe with Delight yeah. Tower. Yeah. You know, obviously never like to hear of anybody losing their job, but no. in terms of Playing your craft in the best way you possibly can, being out of there is probably it. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. Okay, so moving up, uh, we had a big six man tag Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice of David Finley and Juice Robinson against Kenny Omega and the good brothers of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. I quite like these crazy six mans that seem to be popping up with Omega and the good brothers. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a good little theme that's running on here. And it's interesting because the majority of this match was steeped in history relating to New Japan. But mm-hmm. Eddie Edwards, of course, the only Gaijin-born GHC heavyweight champion in history. You know, he's a, he, he won the, the top belt over in Pro Wrestling Noah. So slightly different flavor from Eddie Edwards there. You know, and, uh, you know if you can get something with him and Omega... Maybe you can make yeah. those callbacks to being a bit of a Noah New Japan showdown. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just thought it was a really well worked six man tag yeah. team match that yeah. plenty of near falls, but didn't feel overdone. Relentless action, just, you know, it, was, it just really felt that all six men here were just firing on all cylinders. Definitely, definitely. And it's, I think Finjis are enjoying their excursion as well. Mm. They seem to be really relishing being an impact and doing stuff there. Yeah. It's it's a good fit for them. So yeah, good stuff here. I do like these. I, I think it's a real it's becoming a bit of a hallmark of this storyline to have these crazy six mans of Kenny and the Good Brothers. And yeah, happy to see more of those on my screen. That's for definitely sure. yeah. yeah. More of that, please. You know, especially just where I'm still so, so, so far behind on watching AEW. Uh, I think the last time I watched an episode of Dynamite was when uh MJF turned on the uh, inner circle. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> so We're supposed to be watching Double or Nothing next week. What's going on? <laughs> right, well, I know what I've got to do this weekend then, isn't it? It's, just it's play- not possible. <laughs> Look, I'm going to do it, mate. I will. I'll be caught up. I've done you've it got, before. You've got to edit this. Oh. <laughs> you have to put an advert out and get somebody else to do it. Um, fab. Okay, wonderful stuff. And then main event time, uh, number one contendership match is a six-pack challenge, as I like to refer to them, at yeah. least anyway. Uh, old school. 
So we had Chris Bay, Chris Sabin, all the Chris's, Matt Cardona, Sammy Callahan, Trey McGill, and Moose. Quite an assortment, actually, yeah. of really, really an good wrestlers. Yeah. A real interesting mix of yeah. guys that you wouldn't necessarily kind of put against one another normally. Mm. Um, I thought this, again, this is another really good example of this kind of match. I thought they just did a fantastic job of putting on a, you know, exciting, just what, 11 minute match, just wall to, again, wall to wall action, no time to breathe, didn't feel overdone. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It just did make me want to see uh, Trey and Bay possibly. Uh, <laughs> Trey and Bay. Possibly have a little, little, you know, couple of tag matches together. They, I Definitely. thought they were a lot of fun, and also just reminded me just how buff and big Cardona is. Cardona is a massive man. <laughs> it's I don't know what goes on in WWE where these guys look much smaller than they do elsewhere, but gosh, he's a huge human being. Yeah, nice to see him doing something a bit more meaningful as well. And yeah, and. You know, on the same column I referenced uh, with Diana, I was talking about Matt Cardona and maybe hasn't hit the ground running in a way that he would have liked. But I do think he's somebody that's going to really benefit from crowds coming back. Yeah, I think, you know, when live crowds return, expect to see him start to gain momentum. So, yeah, good, good stuff. One Something to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, we ended up with Moose winning this one. Yeah, right result for me. Yeah, I think so. And we'll be seeing Moose taking on Impact World Champion Kenny Omega at, I, I believe, it's the next pay-per-view. Yeah, I think you're right. And that has been the tantalizing matchup since the original six-man, mm. where it was uh, uh, Moose, Rich Swan, and Saban against Kenny and the Good Brothers. And Moose's performance in that match really made me want to see him get a one-on-one shot of Omega. Yeah, I've slowly been turned into a Moose believer. Yeah. So I think sure. what sort of really turned the corner for me was the Moose Mac last man standing match. Yeah, that was really good. That was that's, really that's good. what kind of turned me into somebody. I'm like, okay, right. Moose now gets the benefit of the doubt of not being a waste of my time. Yeah. Whereas before I was, I was really just kind of like, eh, you know, I will fast forward through this. I think he's, he's kind of, he's hitting his stride now. He's found that next level and, yeah, him versus Omega is exciting because that's a real different type of Omega match. You know, against a much bigger opponent. Yeah, because well, that's not a match he has wrestled frequently. No, is it? no, it's, it'll be an interesting story to watch. So yeah, I'm really excited about that one. It's a, a good bit of booking in my my estimation. And I just wanted to say as well, you know, when we I forget which show it was, but it was certainly earlier in the series where we were talking about. Uh, a scramble match on impact yes we we're saying you it was know, it just... for the x division where the and um jordan grace was in it i That's know exactly right. what you're gonna say yeah and it just didn't we we're saying this type of match just doesn't work you know it doesn't work as well or nearly as well with a no fans environment but they've figured it out haven't they they've, yeah. they've unlocked the code and these matches the at the moment are really hitting home. I'm not I can't put my finger on the difference. Yeah. It might be that there's less pinfall attempts, maybe. Yeah. But something's happened. And so, I'll, yeah, they I'll keep figured, they work figured it, out. it out. You yeah. know, and is is the the um audience being piped in helping as Definitely. well to a degree. You know, and I think they've done a good a good a job of that as you probably can do. It feels unobtrusive. Uh, you know, it's not too high in the mix. It doesn't feel too hokey. I think they're doing a really good job of keeping the camera work tight on the action. 
it's not breaking your immersion every time mm-hmm. you're like seeing no crowd there. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I think it has, has added to the atmosphere because I remember us saying again earlier on in our run, just kind of how cold and lifeless the, you know, the impact shows kind of felt with no, with nobody there. Yeah. But they've made the adjustments and that's part of what's been quite fun you know, with this series is you can see people trying to navigate the pandemic in different ways. And yeah. I think they've definitely, they're, they're on the other side of it now. So that's very exciting. And hey man, impact are well worth your time watching. Yeah. And, you know, much like last year, it all leads towards Slammiversary. And that feels like it's going to be a monster show with, you know, various surprises, much like it was in 2020. So when we eventually get there, I'm very excited for that show. Um, so good stuff from Impact Wrestling fair play for modifying the product and adapting to your surroundings kudos to them yeah so i think you know now we've talked it through i think it's probably a little bit of column a a little bit from column b from me where i think i'm a little bit kinder to a little bit more charitable to impact but also i do think just generally they have improved in areas as well yeah definitely definitely but yeah like liam says worth your time Da-da. I just did the sound effect that you just heard off mic. It was pretty cool because I'm a professional and it gets me in the zone, gets me going. Right. Uh, So we'll give you all the updates on what we're going to be doing next week. But a conversation that I wanted to have with you really quickly, Gareth, is, you know, as of the time of writing, Will Ospreay has just vacated the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Championship in New Japan. We're talking about impact wrestling as having come out the other side in terms of navigating the pandemic. But I think if you were to look at it more generally, the one promotion that really has struggled with this is New Japan. And, you know, they not only were they initially struck for shows, but they did make their comeback. But it felt like their long term plans got immediately spun out by the pandemic. And we had the short run with Evil winning the belt from Naito. That wasn't particularly well received. Ibushi, uh, sorry, Naito won it back. Then Ibushi had a very, very short reign. The title changed into a new title. Will Ospreay picked it up, appeared to be picking up some momentum with the United Empire. And then he's unfortunately been injured and had to vacate. I mean, they, they, they can't catch a break. And on top of that, I think where a lot of the stories have kind of gone awry, perhaps with their long-term booking plans, there's really been less to sink your teeth into from a storyline perspective. Mm. Certainly still good bell to bell. I don't think you can ever accuse New Japan of not providing that. But they have been in something of a quagmire with regards to stories. Where do you think they are now? What do they need to do to come back from this? It's a tough one, isn't it? It's, it's, It's tough to say. I don't think there's really a simple answer you know is new new blood needed in you know in terms of the you know who's holding the pencil but it's it has been storyline wise a bit of a damp squib this last year for the most part mm. where do you go next with the belt i would put it on my main man shingo yeah like i think he's deserves it at this point especially coming off the back of such a hot match with osprey he's a very viable and interesting new candidate to to run with the belt. And again, I think he's still seen as somebody relatively beatable. So, you know, any title matches will still be interesting in the sense that, you know, he's not a proven top of the carder. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, every defence is a serious one, effectively. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. What do you make of the situation? I think it's really tough. And I don't think any promotion has appeared to be stifled quite as much as New Japan have in the last 12 to 18 months. You know, particularly from where they were, because they were hot, hot. Um, and it, it does feel like they're they're scratching their heads a little bit in terms of, you know, what to do next or, you know, clearly they've had some very bad luck, but there's also been some questionable decisions made that didn't necessarily feel like they've gone over as well as the writers may have hoped. So where do you go from here? I think if it's me, you want to do something noteworthy, get the buzz back, you knock on that forbidden door. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a guy on the other side who's trying to collect belts <laughs> I would I would put it on him. I'd put yeah. it on him. He doesn't need to be there every week. You know, no. can do videos and stuff like that. But, you know, then you've got the G1 coming up. Let Shingo and Ibushi maybe be the front runners. And then you've got two very interesting storylines there, as you, you know, very well articulated. Uh, Shingo feels like somebody that could kick on i think people would like to see him kick on so that's enticing the history between ibushi and omega writes the story for itself and of mm-hmm. course there's 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 tetsuya naito in the mix as well and oh yes okada is there too so in you, the wings. there's plenty to do all of a sudden it gets very very exciting again and for me i think that's the there's no it's, it's a very difficult situation to spin into a positive but if you wanted to go in a different direction and generate buzz and, you know, inject that enthusiasm back into the product, then I think you could do far worse than putting the belt on the belt collector, Kenny Omega. Certainly one way to go, isn't it? Kenny, by God, Omega. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. So yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Do you think they've given up a bit of ground in Japan at the second? Because on one hand there have been struggles as we discussed with new japan but on the other you've got this burgeoning stable uh under the cyber fight banner that appear to be moving in the other direction you know you've got noah doing bigger shows drawing bigger houses ddt tgpw you know tokyo dish pro playing korakum pretty regularly now so they're they're moving up the food chain and there's a lot of hype going into Cyber Fight Festival. You know, the Saitama Super Arena is a massive venue. Jeez, yeah. So that's that's huge. And I just wonder if, you know, we saw this in the early noughties, you know, the power balance shift between uh, NOAA and New Japan. And I just wonder if we're, you know, 20 years later, <laughs> perhaps starting to witness the beginning of something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it all comes down to perception, I guess. Mm. Um, you know, this is completely removed from looking at the cold, hard figures. But yeah, to, for my money, it does feel like the cyber fight stable promotions are just going from strength to strength. And rightly or wrongly, like through, you know, seemingly for the most part, through no fault of New Japan's, they just seem to be tripping over every possible stone they could and stumbling and things just not going quite their, quite their way at every turn not least the recent few wrestlers from New Japan that have been struck down with um, COVID as well. You know, they've yeah. really been having a, a tough time of things of just keeping the ship moving and righted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. It's interesting. I think 
it'll be intriguing to revisit revisit this period of time in say six months and and see what's what's come out of it because i do feel like there it could be something of a, a paradigm shift emerging but i hope it doesn't go the way that it did 20 years ago i don't want to see any promotion drop off the map at all no. i would just you know, if the cyber fight group can get a slightly bigger share of the market that's going to be more interesting it's going to be more enticing you might be able to see more talent swaps or you know new japan might be willing to work with those guys and you know do some do some exchanges and excursions etc i think it could benefit all parties but they need to they may they need to make that jump first i think cyberfight that is to make it worthwhile so it will be very interesting to see but it certainly feels like momentum's on their side at the definitely moment. so speaking of new japan did you see uh the bread club is coming to impact yes yes <laughs> oh, i'm glad you mentioned that yeah absolutely oh my gosh kojima, kojima. You know, 50 years young 30 year <sighs> career matters not a jot you know if anybody it, watched that john moxley yuji nagata match from aew dynamite you know for a while these new japan dads go yeah, hard in the paint it, they it seems damn. like some of my favorite wrestlers these days are in their 50s mate 50s and new 40 yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and as somebody that's you know mid 30s that's very exciting i'm very <laughs> pleased to see that i'm not done yet <laughs> still got some way to go yeah I can rock a Minoru Suzuki haircut. I think I could I'd like up. to see that. No, let's not do that. Let's keep, <laughs> let's keep this audio. Okay, um, I think that's pretty much all the time that we have for this week for our maiden voyage on our own feed. So thank you guys once again for joining us. So coming up next week, as we alluded to earlier in the show, Mr. Darius Carter, the pro wrestling magic dark arts champion, is going to be here. If you've got any questions for Darius, Hit us up, get in touch. Uh, we'll give you all the info in just a second. We are also going to be talking about the Hannah Kimura tribute show. Um, just to be very clear, that's not reviewing the show. We, we just want to experience it and, you know, enjoy it with you guys. So that's all that's going to be, you know, further celebrations of Hannah's life. So very exciting to see that. And uh, yeah, just to, just to feel. So there we go. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, you absolutely can do. We'd love to see you over on Twitter and or Instagram. We are at WrestlingPod. That's Wrestling About the E. You're looking for links, WrestlingPod.com. Again, Wrestling About the E is the place you need to be. It's got all the links for places you can listen, our personal Twitters, all of that good stuff. And that is pretty much it. So in the meantime, folks, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the craps. Enjoy the craps.